0: Father, we want to just touch heaven. We thank you that when we touch heaven, something shifts on earth. We thank you for what you're doing in these days at this time. And Father, we thank you you hear our cry. So we open up our voices and we ask you, come, Holy Spirit. Come, refresh us, awaken us restore us, realign us, reset us. All those re-words. God, we just need your presence. And so we're pressing into you. We're pressing into you. We're pressing into you. In Jesus' name. And I want you to do something else with me. Just lift your hand and just make it like a fist that like you're knocking on a door. And I want you to think of something stubborn that's just stood in your face and almost mocked you and said, ha, you'll never get in here. And I want you to knock on that door of heaven and say, Father, I thank you. You're giving me new tenacity. You're giving me new strength today. And I will not relent. I will knock on that door of heaven because, Father, that is your word for my life, for my family, for my marriage, for my children, for my church, for my nation. And I'm knocking on that door of heaven. Come on, just knock knock on that door father we thank you that you say and as we pray earnestly you hear our cry and so father we do we knock on that door of heaven intentionally definitely right now right here we're saying oh god hear our cry in jesus name and everyone said amen Amen. so come holy spirit Fair, fair, fair. More, more, more. You love me. Come on, Jesus, we want you, we love you, we celebrate you. Come on, just tell Jesus what he is in your life. Speak his name. Father, you are faithful, you are true, you are amazing, you're fragrant. God, Jesus, we lift up your name. We're not ashamed of that name of Jesus. We declare that name. We love that name. Ho, 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 what a friend we have in Jesus. We love you, God. Yay. More. More power. More refreshment. So much more. God, increase our connection with you. Let us know you at new levels. Open up the floodgates In Jesus' name. We need you more. In Jesus' name. Amen. Woo. And just then just head up, shoulders back with Jesus people. (laughs) Come on, look into that heavens and say, We're not ashamed. We love you. We're not ashamed. We love you, Jesus. We love who you are. We love what you've called us to be. We love the purpose. We love you. Oh, we love you. You know. I just want, before I preach, I just want to touch one thing. I felt it in the room last night when dear Chris finished preaching and we were offering our hearts. And he touched many things, but there was one thing he didn't specifically mention, but I felt it. Sensory, shh, what's in the room? Just give you, you so often... As leaders you know after Sunday morning we have the debrief we go through did the notices go well what about church news who is in the house do you think what was the takeaway this Sunday was that clear did we keep on script what was the time how many people were there did children's church and we how many know what I'm talking to we go through the informational checklist not wrong necessarily but often we don't do the sensory one. Well. What did you feel when you walked in the room? Did the church feel happy or did it feel sad? How did the worship, what did it feel like to lead the worship? Did you feel they were with you or they were against you? Was there a combative atmosphere here that was saying, come on, come with me? Or was it like, yay, let's go? You know, what do we sense? Do, do you understand? And we've got very good at doing the informational management. But come on, we're spirit people. What did you sniff? What did you sense? What did you feel? You know you know what I mean. Yeah. Sniffing anointing. It's very special. <laughs> very theological. I'm sure you have eight regions. But, but it's like you just, oh, what's that? Was there expectation? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Part of what I felt last night was I felt grief. I felt loss. I felt many people who were still carrying the repetitive disappointment thing. And it's like, God, my heart's a bit bruised and broken. I I think my get up and go has got up and gone. I want to. And so right now, if that's you at all, I sense that I think Jesus is in the house to comfort those who mourn, to touch those who grieve in loss, some who are just feeling a little over what just happened. Or maybe like me, I lost my dad in lockdown. I still haven't been to his graveside. He died in America. And so only now am I getting my permissions to be able to fly because I didn't, I got a... Oxford girl vaccine, AstraZeneca, not Pfizer, (laughs) and all the things. So just now, if that's you, just put your hands to heaven. Yeah, come on, sweetheart. If you know, yeah, because the spirit of Jesus is here for you. And there's many of you, just put your hands right up and your prayer team, if someone's got their hands up near you, turn, put your hand and say, right now. If you've got that sense of grief, God, right now, in Jesus' name, we just say, be healed. Let the Spirit of Jesus come into those areas and deeply heal. Marriages that got lost, children that went strained, family, just the grief of the last years, where we just felt, I can't, don't know what to do. Now, Jesus, come minister. Grace, grace peace, kindness. Just heal us, Jesus. We need help. So we're coming to you because we trust you. So appropriately, just put your hand on someone. Put your arm around them if you know them. But just say, We're going to close the gaps. No loneliness here. We're going to close every gap, every sense of isolation left from this season. No more gaps. You're not alone. Father, I thank you. You're creating a band of brothers and sisters. So we close the gaps, break the isolation. Heal our hearts, restore us in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. We thank you for you doing a new thing, a new thing, a new thing, a new thing. You're knitting us together. And we love you, Lord. So just say this to me, Father, right now, I thank you. You see me. You are the God. That sees me. Woo. Right in the wilderness, dear Hacker. Wow. How are You are oh, such an incredible God. You see me. Body, soul, mind, spirit, being. He sees you. Amen hug one another I'm meant to teach a seminar but you know when I'm a terrible worshiper presence person (laughs) I could have just worshiped with Sam this morning oh now don't lose it rest in it sit on the hand of your daddy just let him hold you uplift you help you cradle you love you So, Jesus, be present with us. Rest on us. Refresh us. Help us. And so, if you're not sure where you are, you are in the seminar (laughs) of Presence and Power. And I am Rachel. I had the privilege of speaking this morning at 9 o'clock, it was, wasn't it, or about... We got our times a bit muddled. I was nearly late, but thank you, Jesus, for Helen, who got us to the right place on time. <laughs> but you see, if we're going to really carry the weight of mission, God always says to us, my burden is easy and light. And it's interesting when you get to pastors or leadership conference, it usually feels a bit heavy. And, you know, if you talk to worship leaders, it's usually their nightmare of leading the worship at a leader's event because we've all forgotten how to be good worshipers because we've got our iPads and we're checking stuff and doing stuff. And so we're we're lazy worshipers on a Sunday morning. (laughs) And so how... Are we going to be people of presence and power? You probably have seen from just the way I minister, I am a passionate person and I sincerely, deeply love Jesus. I do what I do because I love him. And I've had a hundred reasons to give up on the journey. But I have just felt that God is wanting us to come back to a real simplicity that just says, I do this Because I can't do anything else because I'm a Jesus lover. I just can't let go. And I believe that God is wanting us to be people of presence and power. And you know, often we talk about the Pentecostal movement. I wonder if I could put it as the Holy Spirit people. Because Pentecostal movement has all, all sorts of bells and whistles and politics connected to it. And I think more and more these days, you see... I'm married to a very respectable Anglican vicar. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm a vicaress and you better treat me with great respect. <laughs> very respectable. And Gordon was the vicar of St. Aldate's Oxford. And we were there for eight years. And it changed my life. Helen is ordained within the Anglican Church. She was Gordon's curate. And now has become my right hand. And so... But we worked with Reinhard Bonker, who is apostolic faith mission. Gordon was the the missions director for AOG, the other boy. (laughs) We have Oxford, Cambridge, we can cope. But you see, here we stand. And I believe that you know, many of us, how many of you remember Toronto days? How many were alive then? Many of us, you see, it's like, yeah, we heard that was when we all went weird and became chickens. Um, (laughs) And then you go a whole lot further. Arthur Wallace, the days of the outpouring renewal, you see, I encountered that at 10 years old. And there are encounter times of the Holy Spirit. And people are ready for the presence and power for the kingdom of God is not just a matter of talk, eating, drinking, but it's a matter of so. If we're moving from missional movements into kingdom strategy, we've got to find our power, and that comes out of a place of presence, you know. I gave you some of the strat lines of the 2020 prophets of harvest, of miracles, of first responders of hope and home births. But the other essence, strat line that's run through again and again, is this is a new decade and it will need new strategy. And it will be a season for an integration of the supernatural with the natural and the spirit of God with well-made plan. It's both and a game. It will be a time for the Holy Spirit in his presence. And the scripture many of us had was that scripture in Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. And it says, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun it. Can you see it? Sensory. you know, little meerkats on your mound. What do you see? Can you see it? Are you aware of what's moving, what's happening? I am making pathways, highways in the wilderness. I'm creating rivers and wastelands and places. God loves the challenge of wilderness. The wilderness is not our problem. The state and the statistics of the UK at this time, which are wilderness-esque, are actually fantastic. Because it's in that place God builds the highway. It's in that place that God brings his presence. You see, we've got to not get distracted by the wrong thing. When it's dark, we don't say get the darkness out. We say, come on, turn the lights on. So come on, let's be the missional movement that turns lights on. That everywhere we go, they say, what are you people? We are the ones who turn the lights on. New does mean new. But it doesn't mean that it all has to be original, because God is the original designer. He's already done everything that can be done. But we do need those new architects that are going to spend time in his presence and find the new combinations. Because I believe in our hands, we already have many of the tools, but they've just got put down in the shed and we've forgotten how to use them. And so God wants us to take the new and the old and bring them together in new formats, new formations. Because in one sense, there's nothing new under the sun because he is the originator of all things, but they're going to be new in the way we use them in this day, in this time. Do you understand? And so when we say it's new, oh, we've done that before. That doesn't matter. You maybe have never done it in this Way before, yes. but I do believe. How are we going to download, get connected? How do we get connected? Time to pray. I believe it is a time for prayer. If you need my notes, oh, it's at back. Okay, I believe it's a time to pray. I believe this is a time to pray like never before. Yeah, it's a time of uncertainty. But it's in prayer that God retrains your eyes to see the opportunities. I've said that a couple of times, but I want you to hear it. Father, in every uncertainty, there's opportunity. What can you see? You see, I felt God say to me, I want to move you from a prayer department mentality to a place of prayer habitation. And often what we've done as leaders is, let's find someone who prays. Okay, great. You can run the prayer department, tick the box. No, if you want to really lead, you better be the prayer department. I'll say one thing for my precious husband. Anyone who knows Gordon, he's a man of prayer. He prays. When we were in our churches in Watford, we had a prayer meeting Monday to Friday, Every day of the week for the time we're there. Attended not by twos or threes, but tens. And it's why. Gordon prayed. They prayed. Six o'clock. I was going to say that and I thought, was it really? It was. Six o'clock in the morning. And we had prayer. We moved to St. Aldate's. And every minister very quickly got responsibility of a morning of prayer. And the church was open. And Gordon, you had Tuesdays, didn't you? And he began to pray for the Muslim world that God would do something. Out of that was birthed the Mahabba prayer movement, Mahabba movement, which has literally gone across cities in this nation and Europe, where we are building bridges and being the hinge to help people unveil Jesus and see the man in white. Come on. You see, we need to seed the heavens. We lived in Africa. And when you needed rain as an emergency, you sent up planes, and they had these special chemicals, and they would call it seeding the clouds so that rain came. Come on. Beep, 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 beep. Emergency. We're living in emergency. Come on. It's not a time to have a prayer department, it's a time to pray. We need to then call the warriors, call the mums, those nursing. In other words, no excuses. We need to begin to pray. Prayer doesn't have to be boring. I remember God said to me if prayer's boring, you've got the problem, not me. <laughs> we need to find our way, our language, and begin to communicate, because I do believe that this is a season for prayer. I believe these prayers need to be heartfelt. It needs to be messy prayer. It needs to be deep prayer. It needs to be for our personal lives. It needs to be for the national landscape. We need, there's so much hanging in the balance, but guess what? Prayer is a tipping point. Are we going to tip it into the mercy and goodness of God? Or are we going to allow it to be tipped into wrath and judgment? Come on, let's get our hands in there. Let's tip it into the goodness of God. I believe that there is a critical mass. And I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. You know, Isaiah 40 verse 11 says, "No, for all the nations of the world are like a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dusts on the scales, and He picks up the whole earth as if it is just a grain of sand." You know, we might be really overwhelmed by all that's going on in the nations, but every time I read God's attitude to nations, he says, "Get over it. They can all fight and think, I sit in the heavens, I'm secure." Psalm 2, you know, it's just a bit of dust. I created it. I can sort it. Mind your own business. Look at me. God has all things in his hands. You see, God is in a season and we are living in a season where God is measuring and assessing. You know, some of us have been crazy enough to pay dangerous prayers like, oh God, bring to the light everything that needs to come. And then when there's exposures of sexual sin and there's exposures of financial misconduct and when things begin to shake. Because you see, we've all paid silly games and we've had like the dog poo. Oh, well, just don't talk about that. Find a carpet, shove it under. Oh, well, don't talk about it. And I believe we've got to get past our sort of niceties of not wanting to address the elephants in the room. It's not that we become callous or unkind, but just like good parents, you finally sit down and, sweetie, if you keep doing this, it doesn't go well. We've walked into houses, and however much the rug is over the dog poo, you can smell the dog poo. I've just had a puppy in lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) And it has a very distinctive smell. I could open the door, go in the house and think, "Uh uh-oh, we got a trouble ahead. Watch where you are. But we play games in church and think, well, because we got away with it, it's okay. But guess what? It isn't okay. We're in a season. And that's why it's time to pray. It's time to seek him. It's time to grab hold of him because I want this nation tipped into all the goodness and the blessing of God. And so we have to say, oh God, in wrath remember mercy. Oh God, help us. And we're going to have to be grown up enough to take some of the clearing of the poo out of the house. They prayed earnestly earnestly you know what that earnestly is it means to pray and not be easily distracted utterly focused your one goal one focus again sorry puppy stories I have a black Labrador called Bella now when I'm making her food if you dare to fluff her head it's like don't fluff me food Anyone know what I'm talking about? Any dog lovers here? That is praying earnestly. Don't fluff me. Don't waste me. Phone shut up. I'm focused. One thing. They prayed earnestly. Let's just look. Ezra chapter 8 verse 23. So we prayed and fasted that the Lord God would take care of us. And he heard our prayer. Background. Ezra was working with Nehemiah. Nehemiah was working in the city of Jerusalem when it had been bombed, a maripol of the day. He'd come back to a city he loved and everything was broken down. People were gone. Families were gone. Community was gone. The spiritual house was gone. And the prophet Ezra said, Come on, pray earnestly. We're going to rebuild, not only in the natural, but in the supernatural. We're going to put community back. That's why every family had to stand together on the walls to break the isolation that war and rape and plunder causes, the trauma. And Nehemiah got strategy and Ezra got vision and they prayed earnestly to birth a city again that would reflect both naturally and spiritually the presence of God. Come on, are you going to pray for your city? What's happened to your city centres? Do you pray for London? Oh, that's I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm a missionary kid from India. I grew up in Africa. I'm as much Irish as I am English. I just went to a very English missionary school. But God told me, pray for your city. Pray for London. People say, well, how do I do it? I say, well, where you live, if you've got anything that's London Road, London Road, adopt that street as your London in your situation and bless it. Talk to it. Pray for it. Because if we don't pray, we have no authority to walk in there. If we don't pray for our government, what right have you got to then speak against your government? If you're not praying for your police and your communities, what right? Because if we really believe that there is spiritual authority and natural authority, and this is alignment season, then come on, let's work together. Nehemiah's and Ezra's pulling together for the transformation of our communities. The second, they prayed earnestly, is Acts chapter 12, verse 5. And while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. You see, once it starts touching us in our house, suddenly, ooh, crisis, beep, beep, beep. They've just arrested Dave Campbell and put him in jail. (laughs) Not again, he says. (laughs) For those of you listening, that is not true. (laughs) Don't worry. But you get what I mean. When it's one of our own, suddenly, oh, we pray very early. But I want to say, I believe we are coming into those shaking times. You see, here was early embryonic church, just born. Power of Holy Spirit upon it. When heaven comes down, hell comes against you. Remember, Jesus, Luke 3, baptized, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Next minute, devil, if you are the son of God, if you are, if you are, as soon as God comes upon and puts his pleasure on something, the enemy comes to tell you, you're not it. Early church, Holy Spirit, tongues of fire, presence, all hell comes against him. Peter stood up, Acts two verse eleven. With the eleven, a few verses, chapters later, they've got him in jail. Checkmate. No check. And I want to ask you: Are you going to be a church that's smart enough to play chess with the devil? He keeps saying check check but I tell you God's got the checkmate but we've got to keep engaged we can't bottle out we've got to stay engaged yes God we're gonna pray um I can't do it with Gordon I have to do it with you you see it's a wrestling match I've got a brother and 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 I was always determined to prove to my brother I could win but this is what happens you get in the word comes next minute you really think so? I'll take you on. But you see, prayer comes to this place. Maybe we need to turn this around. We give them, come on, let's do it properly. Hey! Elbows down. <wormclears mum acute throat> <inaudible> <laughs> and the work comes. And then we begin to push. And the enemy comes, and then you get to this, and it's a deadlock. And you feel you're going nowhere, but you're using every ounce of energy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He had to be kind and let the granny win. (laughs) like, now we know how Gordon got his sling. (laughs) I promise it was ice skating with the kids, grandkids. And he's a very good skater, and it's all very humiliating. (laughs) But you see, God wants to lock you in prison. There's people right in here. You've had the presence of God come upon you. You began to move into that world. And then the enemy comes and he hijacks you, He locks you in prison. We think, oh, well, that failed. No, the church prayed very honestly. And what helped Peter get out of prison? Angelic. Come on, we've got to believe in angels working with us. I believe there's angelic assignments given to us. Maybe one of the reasons I'm preaching well in Harrogate is this was my angel appointment. I remember how Jesus got hold of me and he came to me and he said, I want you, I can use you. And despite all the politics and the paraphernalia, I believed him. But there have been times when I've been locked in prison, when I didn't understand my mindsets, my traumas locked me up. But oh, come on church, let's not step back and just say, oh well, they missed it again. No, the church prayed very earnestly, we've got to break people out of jail, call heaven into earth. We've got to get the leaders back on the front lines. People who have got taken out by COVID, depression, other things. No, not on my watch. We're going to find you. We're going to get you out of your jails. We need you in the house of God. Amen. James chapter 5 verse 17. Elijah was human just like you and me, yet he prayed Earnestly, that no rain would fall and none fell for three and a half years. You know, I believe that God is going to put the keys into the hands of the church. We will lock up economies, we will open economies. There is a yes and a no and authority. And it doesn't come because we just say it, it comes because we pray it. We've got a birthday on our knees. There's got to be those strategic moments when we say no. We've got to see some shifting that begins to happen to the agendas that we're being forced into. And we just need to begin to say, God, we want a key to lock this up in Jesus' name. We want to be able to have our expressions of what we see as man marriage, family, and going forward. Jesus, I don't, I don't want to be ashamed. Will you help me in these days? Lock up and loose the Jesus sound for our generation, our children, and our grandchildren. God, will you help us in the schools? And we need to take the word of God and lock in the heavens before we can loose on earth. Yeah. This is the time. You see, prophets have said all over this is the era and decade of the Holy Spirit. And I do believe that we are required as leaders to move into a new level of devotion before activity. We need to turn back to the simple way of listening and then doing. You know, we have that scripture. I think it's Revelation 2 verse 4 and it says, you know, but I hold this against you remember, this was the incredible church of Ephesus, the first church planted in Europe. They had planted their church in the most God-forsaken city. Diana was the massive spiritual force of Ephesus. It was an occultic goddess of witchcraft. It was literally the snake pit of witchcraft, Ephesus. And in this snake pit, a little church was born. And it says, you've learned how to fight. You've persevered. You've known how to take down the Jezebel and this spiritual. Do you understand? This early church knew how to battle. But they, in all their battle, back to this morning, their heart had become stony. Yeah. To be a tender warrior is a difficult thing. Yeah. And you see, they had fought hard and got scarred. And so now their heart was hardened. And God said, I love you lots. You've been awesome. You've persevered. You stood. You've shown." But... You got hard. You've forgotten that first love, simple devotion. And I want you to turn back and do the things you did at first. Return to simplicity. Do action out of simplicity. I always remember Reinhard Bonka, who had a lot of Reinhardt. But he always used to say, now come and just do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Now go. That was my Bible school. That was our Bible school now come, do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do, yeah. now go. So I want you to begin to think about how you can put devotion before activity, how you download before you go and do that we are truly Holy Spirit people. Romans eight twenty six says, in the same way, the Spirit will help you in your weakness. You do not know what you ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself will help you. You see, God's given us a parapletus, a helper, an aid. Come, sorry, I don't know your name. Craig, you have to come shoulder. To you. you see, he, he wants to, you need to stick to him like Lou. He's going to help you. And we all need help. But we can be like my little granddaughter. We have a granddaughter called Alani, Aussie little girl, two years old. She picks up her little scooter and we're going to the park, we're over shingles and she's struggling. I said, can granny help me? No. I said, but you need help? No. She picks up this scooter and she goes the whole way down the road, 10 minutes apart. No helping, no helping, no, no helping, no helping, no helping. We've recorded it for her wedding. <laughs> <laughs> but some of you are just as stubborn. And the Holy Spirit said, can I help you? Can I help you? You have no idea what to pray right here. And so we think sometimes if we just pray in tongues and pray very loud, that's all we need to do. And Holy Spirit said, can you just shut up? I could actually give you a different sound right now. Shh. Listen. I can help. And he's going to help us increase our fluency and our authority. Because he wants to widen the language of our prayer. Jude chapter 1 verse 20 to 21. But you dear friends, come on, build yourself up. Come on, push those arms up. Do some pump. Come on, pump it. That's build in faith. And you see, that's what Craig and I were doing. We're doing a little bit of a faith workout. The devil's saying no, you're saying yes, I'm saying no. Come on, build. It's real. Build yourself up in your hope. Pray in that spirit. Keep yourself in God's love. Wait for his mercy. Come on. We need to be Holy Spirit people. And God is saying, come on, keep it simple. Just go back. And do what you did at first. Sorry, i messed my slides up a bit. It's so the next one. Keep it simple. Do what you did at first. You know, recently, and I say this almost to my disgrace, but I was in a church in Burton, Sunday morning, had the most phenomenal time. The place was packed even post-COVID. And as I gave the altar call, 19 people came forward. And they really were sobbing. You knew God was in the house. The pastor's wife stepped up to me. And she said, Now, Rachel, pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit. I panicked. Sunday morning. Watch, watch the clock. What about visitors? I've got 90 people. Do they know what to do? No, we do Alpha course and then we do Holy Spirit away day. And I suddenly realized that I'd lost my skill. I mean, I'm a Reinhardt von Kaker. We have prayed for Holy Spirit of the fans And I looked at these people, and it was all permissions and regulations and things. And I felt Holy Spirit say to me, are you embarrassed to have me in Sunday morning church? Do you just want God the Father and God the Son, but I'm only invited on Tuesday night encounter? And you can tell I'm not a particularly protocol girl, but I panicked. So I bottled it, and I said to the pastor, why didn't you do it? <laughs> and she did, superbly. Eleven people immediately, filled with the spirit, hit the floor, speaking in tongues. One girl who came for, Claire, who'd been the beautician of the pastor's wife, never been in church, for 19 years, had dodged the question. had just turned up that Sunday. Walked forward, given her life to Lord, Boom, hit the floor. Full force, concrete floor. Sing, speaking in tongues, full on. Then she gets up. I said, Helen, just have a look. You're nice and pastoral. So she sits up and she says, what was that? And then she sat up and she said, I've got it. I've got it. I know that I've got it. I've seen it for 19 years. I've seen it, but it's there. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it, and I began to cry. And I thought, God, how dare we? How dare we? And then she looked at Helen and said, "I think I feel a bit drunk. Is that?" And Helen said, "Oh, it's in the Bible." She said, "Really?" So, <laughs> you know, out of those 11, how many were baptized? I think nine have been baptized and then they've had another lot. So 14 have now been baptized. Come on. And I realized then, next slide please, make room for the Holy Spirit. So I want to ask, are you going to just return and be simple? Are we really going to let see, this was my conversation with the Holy Spirit. He said, Rachel, I'm a wind. He said, but you love it when I just come. But what if I come like a tornado? And I said, I don't like it because I can't control it. And he said, Rachel, I'm a fire. I can come as a candle. Or I can destroy a forest. I said, yeah, that's why I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, and I'm water. And immediately I saw the picture of California. This takes me, yeah, I must have wanted to try. And all the misters and the shopping centers, you know, the fine misters when you're hot and they cool you down. And I could mist you. But I'm a roaring waterfall. I'm not going to well. He said, will you just let me come? And I honestly said, I'm scared. But I'm desperate enough to say yes. Please come. We need you. We need a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it's no good to pray for revival and thing. I mean, you can't get a candle, a mist, and a little breeze. We might get. A forest fire, a tornado, and a waterfall. But in it all, the voice of God is going to cry out to us and our nation, I love you. So I've been very honest with you. But I feel Jesus, John 7, standing up on the last and the greatest day of the feast. He stood up and said, come on, are you hungry? Next slide, please. John seven thirty-seven. And he stood up and said, let everyone who's thirsty come, whoever believes in me. And by this, he meant, you need the Holy Spirit. For at that time, the Holy Spirit had not been pulled out. Now, I was just looking for a jug. I can't do it. But you see, we've got a, a bottle. And it doesn't, just because we need Holy Spirit doesn't mean we've done something terrible. It just means our capacity maybe is the same for a long time. But if our capacity suddenly changes. Ah, oh, you're a star. Come help me. And if our capacity then changes, you see. Then actually. The same Holy Spirit doesn't fill it, but it's not because you lost the Holy Spirit, you've just grown. Hello? And God's giving you new mandates, new assignments, new things. And you think you can do it with the same anointings of yesterday, but actually he's stretched you. He's increased you. He's enlarged you. He's giving you more territory. He's upgrading authority. And you can't expect to do the next capacity job with the same outpouring. There's upgrade. So wait until you have received power. Come and be filled. And it says, if you drink it, Helen. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. Next slide, please. Then say this with me. How much more? How much? Oh. Say it again. How much? Oh. How much oh. will your Father in heaven, give the Holy Spirit to those who, to those who, to those who, who, when's the last time you spent any serious time asking? Ask and you shall, seek and you will, knock, it's time. I want more. How much more will the heavenly Father gift to you? There's gifts. Gift to you, the Holy Spirit. If you ask, come on, it's time to pray. We've got to make room. I want to just finish this. Oh, come Holy Spirit help us. We all know the story of Elijah. And he went up Mount Carmel and they built the altar. And then the prophet said, go make it wet. Do you remember? Go make it wet. And he went again and he went again and he went again until the altar was soaked. So I'm coming full circle. Do you want to be a person of presence and power? Do you know how to get wet? Because God wants to pour out water and he wants you to get wet. Oh, and he wants you to get wet and he wants you to get wet and he wants to get wet. Sure. Yes. In the very depths of who you are, he says, get wet, get wet, get wet. And they kept pouring on. Then the prophet called for fire. And you see in the kingdom, wet people burn. In the kingdom, wet people burn. And often God does not send his fire because if we're dry, it will consume us. And God loves us too much. And it is the wet people who can be fire carriers. Presence, wet, glory, fire. And so God's going to pour out his spirit on you. And you're going to get wet. And then, shh, the fire will fall. You see, why was the bush not consumed with fire? Because it was wet, set apart, sanctified, holy. Hallelujah. So the fire fell on the bush. It couldn't be consumed because it was wet. <laughs> the kingdom is always upside down. And if you want fire, get wet. Get Find that place of devotion again, messy prayer, crying prayer. You know, when I read that final statement of the Jesus people, I had to hold every bit of my emotions to finish it because I wanted to sob. Come on, Jesus, raise up a Jesus army, a new people, unashamed, carrying Your presence. I want to see miracles. I want to see healings. I want to see such movements of you, Jesus. And I know I need your Holy Spirit. But so many have got locked up in prison. But oh God, we want to pray earnestly. It's time to break jail. It's time to get out. It's time to break the bars of depression. It's time. And it's not my mind. And it's not by power. It's by supernatural outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is the type. I'm going to finish with this story and then we're going to pray. You could start praying. The presence of God is moving here. You don't disturb me. We were in Malawi and there was a paralyzed man, thank you, who sat by the doors of our offices in Blantown, Malawi, where we were organizing the crusade. His left, no, his right leg was crippled, completely paralyzed, being run over as a child. So he dragged this leg along. It was so calloused of the skin because he had just done that for years. And he sat at our office. We'd pray with him, talk to him, give him food and feed him. And then when Reinhard Bonker came to plant us in, we took him in the back of our bucky down to the stadium. And the power of God hit this man and we knew he'd had an encounter but I was so disappointed when after the crusader came back and he was sitting there and his leg and I said to Barbara Tippett who's the leader of the Bantar Christian Center the church there so what happened and she said well he's had a mighty encounter but he's still paralyzed And then they went to prayer and they prayed earnestly. And there was a wonderful pastor there and they said, oh no, he's been healed, but the skin is so hardened and calloused from the years of being imprisoned that he needs oil rubbed in him. And so the church brought him into the church every morning for prayer and every evening. And they got a bottle of olive oil and they began to stick him in a bath, soften the skin massage his leg with oil. They did that morning and night every day for six weeks. On the sixth week, the skin began to come up and his leg began began to move, began to move. Four years later, I went to Blanton Malawi Market and there was Abraham, came up to me, said, oh, mama, look at me, look at me, look at me. Totally healed, totally restored, raving evangelist with his little bag. He said, I tell everyone, Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus delivers. And I realize too often we want a quick fix. And maybe our heart and our mind has got paralyzed. But are you prepared to spend some time in the presence of God and let him massage you with the oil of the Holy Spirit to deal with every paralysis of mind, thinking, being, body, because the Spirit of the Lord is here. And he is mighty to save, mighty to heal, mighty to deliver. But we just need to soak. Ask. We need you, God. We're asking you to come. We just need you. We want to step out of every jail cell. We just want to say, God, we need you. God, we want to pray. Open up everywhere. Spring it up. Oh God. Oh, we need you now. Oh, come, <laughs> come. Every dry place, every barren place, every hurting place. Oh, God, we just say we need you. We want you. Oh, help us, Lord. Just come. Just come. Just come. Oh, we need you, need you, need you, need you. More. Oh Kia Koshamda, yeah. Birth it, put out the spirit of prayer and intercession on us. Whoa, let us birth that new movement, God. Wake it up. Put the groaning in us for the new day. We pray. Kioko Shua datanda baba heyaka. Every barren, dry place. Ki ekeke shinde kese koa kashamba kasi inenende. Kioko shina ndanda bapa. Oh, come, Holy Spirit. Oh, come, Holy Spirit, refresh, awake, renew. Oh, Father, we just thank you. And we receive now. Fresh, 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 fresh fire, fresh longing. Every prison cell is broken. (laughs) And we will earnestly pray, earnestly pray. Give us the language, Father. I pray right now, wherever we are, that you will open up those wells, but refresh our prayer life. God, open up that prayer life. Open it up, every sense where it's got stale. We're asking you, give us the Holy Spirit. Give us more. Help us more. on the fire. So, Father, we ask that you pour out a spirit of prayer on us. God, we want to cry, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. God, will you wake us up? Teach us to pray. We thank you for a new heart cries. We thank you for new fluency. We thank you for your authority. Teach us to pray. In Jesus' name. Come holy spirit We love you Lord.